So the headline, uh, the big question, how to spend $600 million in Connecticut opioid settlement funds. A couple names on the byline, including Andrew Brown. Make it, make it two weeks in a row, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I, feel, I feel rather special here. <laughs> well, you should feel special. But also, like, I mean, part of my main MO on this show is that whenever there's good journalism happening, we want to highlight it as much as possible so you get more eyeballs and 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 you can stay in business because that's the goal. Um, this is a really serious topic. And I, I've done – it's been a couple years now, but I did a, a, a documentary in Boston on, on the opioid epidemic and learned a lot, and this was really – well, when I did is when fentanyl was really starting to come on the scene. And so there's a $600 million in, in settlement funds that are coming to Connecticut as part of, you know, all the billions of dollars that are being, whether it's the Sacklers or, or what have you. And my, my first question is, and it's a big question, is how does it all work? Like, is there some, you know, check that gets sent to the governor's desk or how do, does it, how does it get split up between state and towns? Like, I have no understanding. I mean, I obviously read the piece, but I mean, in general, people don't have an understanding of how the actual, these sort of payments work. Yeah. I mean, I tried to get to the main premise in the story and kind of simplify it, but we're talking, this is rather complicated because we're talking about um, over half a dozen various different legal settlements. There's settlements with, um, some of the main pharmacy chains that, um, you know, sold uh, prescription painkillers. There's the drug distributors or wholesalers, as they're known, which shipped um, prescription painkillers all over the country. And then there's the manufacturers, one of which you, you mentioned um, being Purdue Pharma, which is still kind of up in the air, um, you know, in heading to the Supreme Court here. Um, but all of those all of those settlements, um, the attorneys, uh, you know, the trial attorneys and the corporate uh, defense attorneys who worked on those settlements um, and the attorney generals, uh, they worked out uh, a settlement agreement that lays out some of the terms. Of, and there's ultimately, a, a, in many of these cases, a settlement administrator who decides how how these funds are going to be distributed. That's that happens in each one of these lawsuits. Um, and so what we're looking at, um, not only here in Connecticut, but across the country, every state is, is dealing with the same exact issue right now. Um, the money is starting to flow in. And so, uh, you know, these settlements will be paid um, over a decade to 18 years in some cases. Wow. So this isn't $600 million slapped down into a Connecticut bank account tomorrow. Um, these are installments that come in regularly from the companies um, that have agreed to settle. But they come into the state? like they, Yeah, so there's um, uh, the state share comes to the state. Now, there is a, what, what has been determined is because of all 169 municipalities in Connecticut participated in many of these settlements, um, they are going to receive... Uh, cumulatively together, 15% of some of those settlement funds, including, um, I mentioned the drug wholesalers, the, the distributors, they'll get, and, and that money that's going to the municipalities is a direct payment. Okay. And they can that's, do, that, can they do whatever they want with it or are there restrictions to it? There are, um, there is language in the settlements about 
making sure that it goes broadly to opioid abatement and, and essentially addiction type of um, needs. Uh, that being said, it really, the people policing that are, you know, the city councils, the mayors, the first selectmen in Connecticut. They have, they, they hold the purse strings there. Um, and the state really has no, uh, no control over the, the municipal share of that. Now, state lawmakers enacted a bill this session that would require the cities and towns to file an annual report that essentially just details where the money is going, kind of a broad overview of how they're using their settlement funds. But the state has no um, carrot or stick to really change what the municipalities are doing with that money. Hmm. So there's no real, because I think the fear is obviously like the COVID money, like is accountability and check and balance. And so that's kind of a blind spot. Yeah, I think that's why the the legislature um, put this requirement in this session to have an annual report filed. Um, you know, like like many things in Connecticut, there were there were stories about you know there were supposed to be reports from municipalities on on housing and um, and that type of stuff. You know, the, um, not all of those get filed all the time, right? And uh, so it'll be interesting to see come this fall whether the municipalities actually share with the state how they're spending their money. Yeah, we're talking with Andrew Brown from uh, CT Mirror. And again, the piece, it goes uh, deeper than just, you know, that the money's coming, but is, how is it going to get spent and so on and so forth. Is there anything in, in, in the reporting, you know, that talks about where we are in this sort of substance use disorder epidemic? I mean, is it getting... I mean, we've talked a lot on the show about Narcan and how that can skew numbers and obviously hopefully saving more lives. But is the crisis as acute as it was five years ago or is it worse? Um, so this opioid settlement advisory committee that was set up at the state level has met three times this year. And um, they have some really good experts from Yale on there. Um, you know, these are epidemiologists and, and addiction specialists, and they were talking a couple things that were mentioned in those meetings that caught my attention. Um, one is that everybody agrees at this point that this epidemic started largely as a prescription um, painkiller type of addiction. People were getting addicted because of over-prescribing practices. And, you know, those those legal opioids being diverted to illegal purposes. Um, that's largely gone. Uh, you look at the overdose numbers, you look at, at that type of thing. We are now fully, as you mentioned in opening this, um, into the illicit market of fentanyl and heroin killing people. Um, and so that, that's one point of the epidemic. The other, the other is uh, the experts say that actually the number of people who are dealing with an opioid use disorder, a severe opioid use disorder where they're overdosing repeatedly, et cetera, that population has shrunk. So there's, there's less people that are overdosing repeatedly, but those people are dying far more frequently now because of the how deadly um, and, uh, you know, fentanyl, fentanyl is. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty fascinating. So the, 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 the arc of someone getting surgery, getting painkillers, then getting hooked to it, and then end up on heroin and then die of fentanyl overdose, that narrative is is maybe not gone completely, but it's drastically been reduced, and it's more that's, yeah more just like drug 
you know, an addict who's who's going farther down the risk spectrum that's getting in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like, uh, do people still get prescribed a, a painkiller and um, maybe misuse it during during that prescription and then become addicted? Yeah, that happens still. Right. Um, so I wouldn't say that's gone, but the what is killing people right now is largely the street drugs of fentanyl and heroin. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Listen, uh, people go, should go to ctmirror.org. And, and again, the big question, how to spend $600 million in Connecticut opioid settlement funds? I think there's a lot of interesting information. Uh, one of them is just it, this is not, you know, cut one check in one, one month and it's, it's over. This will be over some, sometimes 10, 15, 18 years uh, in terms of the payments. And, of course, some is still left to be adjudicated as we talked about with the Sacklers. Uh, listen, Andrew, it's great to talk to you again, as usual. Thank you so much. Good work. Yeah, good. Thanks. All right, Andrew Brown from CT Mirror.